Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs, not marijuana, but weed is tight. <laughs> My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing great. Weed is tight. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, we're, you know, we're recording the morning after a big victory. How could we not be feeling good? Yeah, except we're both kind of under the weather, kind of like the entire yeah. Leafs team yeah. seems to be. I guess it's going around the city. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It is Jeez, tis the I know. season for colds, man. Yeah, it's whatever's happening is running through that team so fast. And you're like, yeah, that's relatable because it's happening to us as well. Yeah, and, and Mike Johnson even said, like, a bunch of them are actually quite sick in playing through it. Uh, and oh, it was man. just Nyes who is so sick that he could not play last night. But I, I you got to wonder, like, how much of that lineup was feeling it last night. But they looked solid, man. Like so many excuses for what could have been a loss, Mm -hmm. what could have been a blowout loss. Um, And the exact opposite happened in truly fashion. What happens is never what you expect to happen. No, no, no. If if, if all the writing's on the wall that it's going to go one way, it's absolutely going to go the other way. They would have every excuse on a back-to-back to to lose to the Metro leading uh, leading, uh, New York Rangers. And it's with a a third round, uh, third round, third string goalie. Like everything should have set up and they just took it to them. I was thinking the other thing too is that the last two games have felt like the most overtly physical games that they've played in a while. Like the Leafs are a pretty physical team. I think they get a bad rap for stuff, but they've laid really big hits in the last two games. I'm thinking like, she just get them pissed off and sick all the time. Like Matthew Nyes couldn't, couldn't like nothing was moving. They couldn't hit in Nashville. And then all of a sudden he's too sick two days later to play in New York. You're like, man, get him sick all the time. This is great. I couldn't believe, like, he was a four-check monster against the Islanders. He was literally trying to hit everything that moved. And, yeah, you got to think, wow, the next day he was too sick to play. You're like, okay, I guess yeah. he literally emptied the tank as as, <laughs> yeah. as best he could. All that adrenaline went. Figuratively and literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Leafs are on a 9-1-3 run, 10-2-3 over the last 15 games played. That's good for 23 out of a 30 possible points. And just kind of like we all predicted – They've shot up yeah. the standings. Everything's fine. Uh, the shitty-ass October is a thing of the past, just like it always is. How you feeling? I'm feeling solid about it. I, that does, I'm so glad you said that because I was going to be like, okay, so also, would have you said, like if I said, hey, you know over the last 10 games, we're like one of the, we're the best team in the league? Like, does it feel like that or do, like my problem is we live and die so much by every game that I'm like... I don't know. Yeah, still, there's stuff we got to work on, whatever. And then yet you're like, holy shit, we're like lighting the league on fire right now. Like you just said, 10, 2, and 3, the best in the league in the last 15 games. Does it feel like that? No, because we're not playing yeah. our best hockey. And, and there's right. still so many holes in this lineup, whether it's from injury or the flu bug or whatever. Um, sure. Or just not playing up to snuff, cough, Eli Samson up, cough. But it's like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you're you're still getting those results, those results that you want and need now yep. at this part of the season where we're gonna you're gonna start entering like the slog of the season. And right. you're like, okay, well, this team is now shot up where it needs to be in the standings. There is room to improve and and you it's not like last year where Boston is so far ahead that you're like, Well, yeah, we can't catch them. Yeah. We're only four points back of Boston and you know we haven't played our best hockey yet. So I think what's to come is solid. It's just can we weather this storm of of still a bunch more injuries that we're kind of dealing with going forward into now a really busy couple months. 
I yeah, no, that's exactly it because it's not even the day-to-day illnesses stuff. It's the injuries, you know, eventually this has got to catch up with us a little bit. That is something you would say out loud uh, about a couple things, but it, I'm not going to say it hasn't, but I think they've weathered the storm a little bit better. We can talk about that specifically with the defense. Um, you know, the oldest stuff, Matthew Nyes, whatever, he'll come back. That's not a long-term thing, hopefully. Uh, it's more of the defense that we're going to, like, like for the Rangers, we played 11-7, and we're playing more defensemen because we're trying to get more people out there to see how they're doing. I wonder if that's going to ca- catch up to us eventually, that if uh, Lagerson and, and Benoit are, you know, like, going to eventually, you know, the... The, they have enough uh, time on tape that people are going to start going, okay, wait, yeah. Okay, they're physical, but you can go right on them or something like that. You know what I mean? The more yeah. the more tape that they'll be figured out. I, that's that's your fear, obviously, and something we'll talk about in a bit. But, you know, the goaltending is the newest one and maybe the scariest one. Yeah. I mean, I thought Ryan Reeves looked solid last night. <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. He looked great it's, in that it's, press it's, box. He looked solid. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna have to edit out all these coughs. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he looked he looked great last night. What a really really good use of space and cap space. And that's so annoying because when you're gonna talk about trades, or we're talking about cap space, and like, man, we gotta figure out cap space. We gotta send guys down to make all this cap space. And you're just staring at Ryan Reeves, like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah like, we're not talking about you. Don't worry, no, no, absolutely not. God damn it. Is there something to be said that like we seem scrappier when he's not in the lineup? Like we seem more physical. Uh, is that just an I, eye test thing for me, or is that? I don't know. Like, it seems like we are more physical, scrappier, hitting everything that moves when Ryan Reeves isn't in the lineup as opposed to when he is yeah. in the lineup. Well, we made fun of the argument all the time that that people like, well, Ryan Reeves is there. No one's going to touch our guys. And it's so funny that it's not true for a couple of different reasons, because it's also not true that when he's in the lineup, I think the rest of the guys are like, ah, Ryan will take care of it probably. Like, Dad, don't worry about it. He's, he's here. It's kind of thing. And then he doesn't. And then we're like, oh, okay, cool. But when he's out, they're all feeling like, hey, we all need to do this together. Here we go. And they are just laying people out left and right. There are some genuine highlight hits that we've had over this last week that have been phenomenal. Okay, we got to bring up the Jake McCabe hit. That was... Do it, yes. <laughs> that was one of the best hits I've ever seen. Just straight oh up ever seen. God damn it. It's like a video game hit. It was clean. So, like, a lot of people yeah. are bringing up this this Dion Phaneuf hit in Madison Square Garden a, a few years back. Um, sure. I thought this Jake McCabe hit was better. It was cleaner. Like, and it, and it is nice to to see a hit like that where the player can get right back up and they're not, like, crawling yeah. to the bench and you're like, oh, my God, they're they're concussed. Uh, so so yeah. that's nice when you don't have that part of it and you're like, oh, that was just a clean hit. He got right back up. I don't have to worry about, like – Oh, how how hurt is this guy? And you're just yeah, like, wow, yeah. Jake McCabe can moral- run through people. Oh, I, yeah, the moral consequences of a hit where you're like, oh, I, I, I'm not going to celebrate it now. But this one was just perfect. Also, I just, what is he doing looking back like that? What is he doing skating forward at a, at a yeah. defenseman who is kind of known to be physical and just turns his head completely backwards to look back? Like, I, I get the idea that it is a different game than it was even 10 years ago, let alone 20 or 30 years ago. But you can still get hit. And I, I just, I, there's two things about that. Jake McCabe, man, he has been playing amazing. All the stuff that we've been saying about early in the season have been really attached to when he was playing with Carlson. And we're going, man, McCabe's numbers are really bad. And oh, God, Carlson. he doesn't look good. He looks Who's lost. Eric? Oh, Carlson, Jesus Christ, Lindbergh. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> this is, uh, sorry, I'm, I, this is my flu game. I'm playing sick. Uh, he's playing with Klimberg and it's like, oh, his numbers are terrible. And you're like, yeah, I think we figured out the source of that one. Cause now that he's been playing with other, other players and playing up in the lineup, he's been playing amazing. And then the second thing that I was going to say 
is that I just, I know this is something we talk about all the time. I know this is something that's not, I'm not the first one to break the news here. Can we stop getting in fights over clean hits? Can we just oh, immediately, the, uh, the second that, we yeah. see any level of physicality, we're like, oh, I got to fight this guy. Like, why? Like, oh. Yeah, it's, so I, I do like how the refs handled that last night. Like, because it's happened to us a few times. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a clean hit does not mean you have to go after the guy. And if you do, then you're going to yeah. get the instigator. So Jake yes. McCabe and Zabanajad got, both got one for roughing because there was kind of like a little mutual tussle there, but you still give Zabanajad sure. uh, the extra two for the instigating because, hey, that was a clean hit. That was a yeah. fully, yeah. but I, at the same time, I get Zabanajad. Like if you don't see that hit, maybe he, maybe he's not looking directly at it and you just see your guy yeah. laid out on the ice. You're like, okay, I'm going to go do something about it. So I get that part of it. Sure, um, sure, sure. Not knowing, was it clean? Was it dirty? Do I have to wait for the replay or do I just go jump him? But yeah, if you do, then you're going to, you have to deal with the consequences of getting the instigator. Something has happened to us a few times this year. So it's nice to see that the refs are being consistent somewhere. Oh, I completely agree. But that's, that's the point of the penalty. That's use the instigator penalty because then at least then, then I'm an, I have no argument. Be physical after the hit. That's fine because you're going to be on the, you're going to be shorthanded. Like that is totally okay at that point. I'm okay with it, but they got to call the instigator penalty uh, correctly, by the way, too, because they have called it on us. And sometimes you're like, wait, what, why us? Yeah. What, what happened here? What I, maybe I misunderstand the rules here. I don't get it, but yeah. So I would just say is like McCabe, like clean hit. And then immediately everyone has to tussle. And you're like, ah, okay, fine. Sure. Yeah. Another big bright spot. Austin Matthews is back. Yeah. Um, oh, oh my, my Lord. God. 21 goals in 26 games. Austin Matthews is on fire. I don't think, I think we played enough hockey that it's not, he's scoring in bunches anymore. I think he's just scoring, man. <laughs> I think yeah. Austin Matthews yeah. is just back. Um, and uh, a good quote from Keith, they asked him and I'm completely paraphrasing here. Like, do you think Willie has given that boost to Austin, this, the switch in the lines. And he's like, no, I think Austin's given that boost to Austin. Austin's just uh, shooting more. He's playing on his toes more. And I think that's what Keith wants to instill in him. Shoot the puck more, man. You're the most dangerous shooter in the yeah. entire world. Shoot it more. And results are going to come. And I mean, posts are going to come, but goals are going to come. And my goodness, both of those were just gorgeous. Even his, his assists last night were gorgeous. It was a pure yeah. Austin Matthews takeover game. Something that you just love to see. Hilariously, Brock Besser got a fucking hat trick. So uh, they're tied for the Rocket League right now, even though Vancouver's played a few more games than the Leafs had. Have yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, he's on pace for sixty six. I know it's incredible. It's just it's just crazy. And you know, like he, you're right about the toes thing. He plays so aggressive because he's also following his shot. Like he shoots you'll miss or something like that goes to the backboards and he's immediately up there trying to get the puck back in again. So he's not, he's not sitting back and sitting still. The other thing I'd say too, is that, you know, we, we kind of get on the Leafs all the time about slow starts and things like that. They needed one last night on a back to back with all the players hurt and they took it to them in the first five minutes. And a huge part of that was Austin Matthews just being like dangerous. Every mm -hmm. part of the ice, like he's so scary. He must be awful to cheer against. I hope we never find that out. Uh, like, cause it's just, he was so scary in that first five minutes. It felt like everything was going to go in and a lot of it did. And that was like, it was so important to get a big, a lead and a big lead because you knew on the second half of a back-to-back -back against the top team in the league, they are going to push. And we saw it in the second, you get to that, you get that four, one lead and the Leafs kind of just did the whole, all right, let's sit back. We've got a nice comfy lead here. And it kind of kicked us in the ass a little bit. And I thought the yep. entire game was going to get away from us. The Rangers spent the entire second period in our end. We could not yep. get the puck out. And it was a relentless, relentless forecheck by them that you're like, okay, stick taps. Great. Like this is a really good team. They're just yeah, doing yeah, what they yeah, do. Yeah. But my goodness, we just looked lost and it, it just, you got that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, here we go. Like 
Yeah. We're going to we're going to lose this game. And then what happens? Extra gear right at the top of the third. Yeah. Beautiful. That that's exactly how you answer a, a period on your heels. You come out hard with a blazing shift, you draw a penalty and you get a power play goal. And then you sort of put the game away because the momentum has been stalled. The building, yeah. the crowd has been taken back out of it. And uh, then you take care of business. And that was and, um, exactly what you want to see on the second half of a back-to-back on the road. Yeah. I, it's so funny where it's such classic Leafs where they, you know, they go up big and then they have, the Rangers come back to 4-3 and you and everyone sitting at home goes, ah, we're going to fuck this up. We're going to blow mm-hmm. it. Ah, uh, this is too I said bad. It. Whatever. I said it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's, we've been built into this. So not only did we break the uh, cold start thing. Okay, now that we let them come back, and instead of letting them come all the way back, we you know put, their, uh, put our boot in their neck and like actually win the game and win the game big. It's like, oh, that's great. They weren't sitting back. They played aggressive. And you're right. You're right. Like, you know, uh, playing aggressive enough to get a call for the penalty. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that they don't do. Sometimes they just sit back and shoot. And uh, it was really refreshing to see because that's a really big win on a back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Really big win on a back-to-back. Probably our biggest win of the year, just based on who we were playing and the situation and sure. the scenario. Something to feel really good about. I felt really good about Tyler Bertuzzi's game, even though you don't see it in the score sheet. Like I thought he was everywhere. I am just gonna constantly apologize to Tyler Bertuzzi <laughs> for like getting on him so often in the first little yeah, bit of yeah, season. Yeah, there, yeah. like he has looked like a completely different player. He's looked like he's found found his groove, found himself, and uh, yeah. That little, we saw it for like two seconds last night, but that Tyler Bertuzzi, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander line, oh my God, I want to see that again. That was great. That was great. I just wanted to say also Noah Gregor, like great job on the first line there. Yeah, but like he's such a luxury. Gregor, I, I never understood why all of a sudden he just fell into our laps and he's able to just play fourth line minutes and fly up and down the ice like a bullet. Uh, the Tyler Bertuzzi thing is that, you know, people that are really deep in analytics, uh, advanced numbers are saying, Tyler Bertuzzi is having an incredible season. He has just been unlucky. There is just stats about just, he is high percentage goal opportunities. He has high percentage goal. There, he should have way more points than he actually does. And they're saying like, this would be the opportunity to re-sign him right now. Like to go and go like, hey, we might be able to get him at a little bit of a discount, sign him because his numbers are, it's going to come. Like it's just going to, the page has got to turn a little bit and he will be there. So I, you know, I don't know if we want to start doing that and start giving out, you know, $5 million a year to players. But I, I would say that like, yes, it is going to come because he does start, he starts to look dangerous and he looks comfortable too, which was so noticeable in the beginning of the season. He just didn't look comfortable on the ice or with his teammates. And now he's starting to really shine. Yeah. He looks really comfy. It's, it's really nice to see yeah. him. I'm, I'm a lot more at ease when Tyler Rattuzzi's on the <laughs> ice. Um, before we get into goalies, I think we can get into that a little bit later. Let's talk about sure. Jonathan Tavares, John Tavares, oh, Sir John Tavares, captain. give him the order of Canada, a thousand yeah. points on Long Island. Just kind of perfectly poetic. Obviously, the Leafs yep. didn't get the win, but you you steal no. the point, which is nice. A little bittersweet. Yeah. Um, just awesome for JT. My goodness, like so exciting. It's poetic. That was it's poetic. So cool. He does it back on on Long Island. You know, I just yeah. You you almost knew it was, when everyone was reminding it like. You know, he's at 998, right? And you're like, oh, God, and the next game's in Long Island. This is so exciting. Yeah, it's it's it couldn't happen to a nicer guy uh, who has been such a good captain for Toronto. I don't know. I'm just I'm really excited for him, you know, and uh, and and on the dad's trip and and seeing the mm-hmm. reactions and stuff. Oh, it's so cute. It was nice. It was a lot of wholesome content there. Um, OK, yeah. here's a question. Obviously, yeah. Long Island um, did not enjoy it. As we know, <laughs> do you agree with or disagree with the booze? Like, what are your what are your thoughts on on them? I don't, booing I, the shit out of them. I'm 
I will never tell anyone that they can't boo. Like I, I'm, I, I do get it. I do get the idea that like, if I was a fan and they left me to succeed somewhere else, you know, whatever success might be, I don't know. Uh, and then they come back and rub it in your face. I'd be like, fuck this guy. Oh my God. Uh, so I totally understand that. I'm more like, the Islanders fans are super cringy for a lot of reasons. And like that video that they made. Oh, where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, A few years uh, ago. That's the one. You oh, snake. That's the one. You should have told yeah. us, John. You should have told us. <laughs> Did you see the video of the guy yelling at him in the, in the of course. penalty box? He's like teared, teared in the eyes. John does not even look over, just like like fucking Easter Island head, just nothing at all. Is, yeah, John, you should have said something. Like uh, it's so <laughs> brutal. That stuff I totally understand. Like that stuff, I, the booing and the yelling and stuff like that. The video, whatever. But I'm okay with the booing. I, I really don't think it's that bad of a deal. What about you? I'm totally cool with the booing. I think it's all yeah, part of okay. the theater in it. I, I think it's all part of the fun. Like I am that guy who boos. Like I booed yeah. Connor. I booed Connor Bedard. In his first game in Toronto for no reason, because I think like as long as you're not like saying obscene shit and, you know, going after like things you shouldn't be going after, like saying offside shit, like a simple boo is all part of sports. Like I'm going to be standing up and booing the shit out of Shohei Otani when he steps up to the plate. Like, absolutely. Do I think the Jays should plunk him? No. Do I think I'm going to stand up and and, like shout obscenities? No, but I'm going to go boo like i i would do that if i was an Islanders fan and for all the analysts and all the the media pundits to say like it's disgraceful it's classy like what do you expect from the islanders fan this is their brand this is exactly who they are and that's like a cool part of the league like fans have their identities like you know we are the least fans are consistently full of hope and then shit on ourselves. You know what I mean? That's yeah. who we are. Yep. Islanders fans are swamp people who like to boo John Tavares. That's who they are. So I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it's great for the league. It's great for the drama. And John Tavares doesn't fucking care that they're booing him. Like if you're saying like offside shit, that's, that's one thing, but like he doesn't care that they're booing him. He just got a thousand points. He's ecstatic. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get Like, this is just like the precious hockey media. Like, oh, don't do that. That's a special moment. It's like, he Mm -mm. left them. Like, I, I don't, you know, the idea that like, as much as I understand what a, what a cuck is, which is a popular thing to say, if I had to, if he left us for another team and more money and having some level of success and he came back to our home arena and had his biggest uh, personal achievement milestone and I'm supposed to be like, good for you. Yay. Like, that is like the most like... Who are you? Who are you at that point? Have some pride in yourself. Boo the guy. That's totally fine. I just like hockey wants this stuff, but doesn't want to get there. They want rivalries, but they don't want the parts that get to the rivalry. Mm-hmm. We love having Philadelphia Eagles fans throwing batteries at Santa Claus. But if we had to like roughly boo a player because he had achievement, like we're supposed to demolish that, like demolish that, get out of here. I just don't get it. Yeah. Stay true to who you are as a fan base. And yeah. the New York Islanders fan base is full of swamp people that like to boo John Tavares. And I think that's totally okay. Uh, and I think well just, within the right, yeah, it adds to the drama of the NHL season and adds to the rivalry. Like, you know what I mean? Any sort of rivalry is important for the game. So sp- yeah. speaking on booing, I just want to ask yeah. you like which athletes, whether it's, you know, uh, the Leafs, the Jays, like, do, sure. do you remember Toronto booing or like athletes we should boo? Like who, who do you, the only thing that comes to mind for me is Daniel Alfredson, obviously every time he touched the puck was a boo fest. Yep. 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 I'm, I'm trying to think of like who else 
we we've gotten on or who we should be getting on that maybe we don't get on usually it's players that have injured another player every time they touch the puck you boo them mm-hmm. uh that's always been a big one i'll say this in in cross sports stuff i fuck i wouldn't have braked if i saw him crossing the street it was vince carter I, I was so, like, he, he absolutely uh, held us hostage, traded him for, like, pennies on the dollar, and now, like, I understand there's a reformation tour and you got to come back and now you're retired. And this is what I was going to say about the Islanders, too. It's like, boom, all you want. And then when his number's retired in 15 years, you can be like, all right, we had we did have a thing. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Time has passed, whatever. Because I'm going to say this, too, and I know this is sacrilegious. I was so fucking mad at Matt Sundin. I was so goddamn mad at Matt oh, Sundin when he went to Vancouver. And then he comes back and he scores the game winning goal in the mm-hmm. shootout. And, like, I just... I, oh man, I was mad at him. And now time has passed. And I'm like, that was one of the best Leafs of all time. I love that guy so much. But in the moment I hated him. So, you know, for that season. Uh, so like, I don't know. that, And that's that's why I'm saying to Long Island, I'm like, who cares if they want to be mad right now? Time will pass. Yeah. I mean, six years has passed. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Well, that's also a good point. <laughs> it's been six years. <laughs> yeah, Matt's, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I was more sad with Matt Sundin because I remember they wanted sure. to trade his rights. And he he was like, no, I, yeah. I think we're he wanted to just kind of give it one last chance to make the playoffs in Toronto, which obviously didn't happen because the John Ferguson Jr. years were the darkest Ugh. years of our generation. Um, but yeah, it was more sad when he came back to Vancouver and scored the shootout mm-hmm. winner. That was that was heartbreaking. But yeah, like I was front and center when we had uh, we raised his number up to the rafter, rafters. Unfortunately, Montreal kicked the shit out of us five nothing that night. I remember that pretty. Uh, Pretty vividly. Anyway, uh, we got the, the dad's trip is just about uh, over. They, they should stick around because they're playing really well. Yeah. I love this. I love that teams do this. I love that, you know, they'll do the mom's trip or the mentor trip or the dad's trip. Yeah. Um, any like dad's content that you saw over the last week that you've like that? What like what other than obviously John Tavares, dad just screaming. Okay. Yeah. Him. I'm gonna I I'm gonna get to Paul Marner in a bit, which I think has been a, a popular. Topic, Why don't you do it now? Like, Why don't you do it, it now? I think you should do it. Okay, now. I'll do it now. Yeah, I'll do it now. This is egregious. 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 We're just gonna race ahead. I'm just gonna say this is egregious. This is one of the only times in my life I think I will defend Paul Marner, <laughs> but I'm gonna swerve here against everybody else's opinion where we catch. Mr. Tavares, who, by the way, looks like the biggest fucking badass in the world. God, that guy would kick the shit out of me twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't care how old he is. Oh, my God. That guy, he's he should play like a cop in a movie. Um, <laughs> is it? So they cut to him, obviously, because the cameras are trained on him right now because he's he's at 999 and we're going to get 1,000 points. And he does. And he's hopping around the box. And it's so exciting to see and great. And then out of nowhere, we just get Paul Marner like, like this, yeah. cutting in just briefly, very stoic, kind of reading the ice. And this has become like a very large, Paul Marner wasn't happy for John Tavares because he was staring at the ice and not hopping around. I I just think we, hey, Paul Marner, I can get is uh, kind of a villain and he became front and center during the contract negotiations with Mitch Marner. And I'm sure he will again next year. And that will be a whole thing. But if we had 0.5 seconds of camera time where he was not elated and now we're like, fuck that guy. I think we are going a little too far with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Leafs Twitter's losing their minds over half a second losing of camera their time. <laughs> He was like genuinely a villain. Like people are like, oh my God, I'm, I'm surprised he's even loud on the trip at this point. You're like, guys, it's like he stood up. He could have just sat there and be like, oh God, this sucks. I, you know, I just, oh man, I, I think we, this is a classic overreaction. This is why this is egregious is a segment mm-hmm. in the first place is we just wildly overreact to something. And we had one second of camera time where Paul Marner just appeared and we're like, fuck that guy. I think it's too much. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I totally, I buy into the whole Paul Marner's that, like, way too excessive hockey dad that, I mean, yeah, we've yeah. seen clips from, I, I don't know if it was Global News who did that. Like, when Mitch was, like, 10, they did, like, a thing yeah. on Mitch Marner. And, oh, right. And they're, like, yes. in the car post-game and, like, Paul Marner is so unhappy. And you're, like, oh, my God, this is what he's like with the cameras on? Like, what's he like when yeah. they're not filming him? Uh, but, yeah, I totally get the entirety of our Twitter fan base jumping on Paul Marner based on half a second of a reaction <laughs> yeah. is pretty insane. And so indicative of like who we are as a fan base. Uh, I know like there will be things that you can hate Paul Marner for just wait, this ain't one of them. Like just, just everyone needs to chill and just enjoy the happy moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, I'm going to stick in the, uh, the whole John right. Tavares thousand points thing for mine. So I was watching overdrive yesterday and, and they asked, Will, or, or in their confirm or deny segment, will John okay. Tavares hit 1,300 points? And both oh. Andy Petrillo and the entirety of the Twitter poll said, no, he will not. Okay. So this is kind of egregious to me because John Tavares has mm. 1,001 points right now, right? John Tavares right. is 33. He's not 38 yep. or 39 years old. And the last time I checked, he is still playing at a point per game pace. Like, I understand yes. that's going to fall off at some point. I understand John right. Tavares at 37, 38 year old, years old is probably not going to be playing at a point-per-game pace. But we all know how John takes care of himself and the type of player yes. he is. This is a guy that has Patrick Marlowe longevity, like, written all over him. All over him. Like, I would be willing to bet that John Tavares is still playing hockey when he's 39, 40, 41 years old. Yeah, it's not yeah, going to be I, I a, agree with a top six role. Like I'm, no, I'm not saying no, anything no. like that. But I think if he's willing to play on a much cheaper contract into his late 30s, early 40s, because I think he just loves hockey. His life is hockey. He's going to be one of those guys who will be a fourth yeah. liner on a team when he's 40 years old, just trying to contribute, getting maybe 10 to 20 points a year. That's what I totally. Think. I I completely agree with you. I think it's more a question if he wants to, because if he if he wants to, he absolutely can be one of the older players in the league, just playing on the wing, probably on Toronto, and and just like you know, and, and putting in his thirty points. I agree with you. I think it's like way too early to be saying like you know thirteen hundred. It's like it's, first of all, it's a ton of points. Less than a hundred players ever have scored a thousand. So congratulations to him for that. And and I just think three hundred more points. Yeah, probably. Like he's especially if Toronto continues to be a good team and he wants to keep playing on it. People are naturally going to get a lot of points. I, I think it's uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean this is his age thirty three season, right? So like. Yeah. You you think like injury aside, like if John Tavares stays healthy for the rest of his career, he's probably playing up until age forty. That's eight more seasons. Mm-hmm. Eight more seasons. He's got two hundred and ninety nine points to do so. And up until this point, he's playing at a point per game place pace. Twenty six yeah. points in twenty six games right now at thirty three. He yeah. has been yeah. as consistent as consistency goes. I mm-hmm. do not see this being a problem for John. As long as he stays healthy, I think he hits 1,300. No problem. Well, we, we also have 52 more games this season. Exactly. So, but. like, yeah, like, it, yeah. wait, career points. That counts for the playoffs, too, right? So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, Mm-mm. I don't know. Mm-mm. No, no, career points doesn't count in the playoffs? No. Separate thing. Yeah. 
career. Well, I, I think it's just uh, yeah, regular season. It's kind of like uh, yeah, okay. In football, like the touchdown record, it's just it's just regular season touchdowns. Yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Well, fifty-two more games. You got to imagine he's you know getting whatever without injury, like forty-five points. You know, based on the pace he's playing currently. So you know, then we're already talking about you know ten-five, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, that's that's just especially the day after he celebrates a thousand points. We're like, mm, I don't know, probably not going to keep that's, it up. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's totally that's normal. Classic. That is classic. Yeah. Talking about John Tavares like he's 45 years old. All right. Next up, we've got Thursday night at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets, Saturday night yeah. at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then next week, Tuesday at home to the New York Rangers, where we will see the John Tavares celebration of his thousand points in that pregame oh, ceremony. Yeah. Um, they That's asked, I, I kind of figured out, I thought, why aren't they doing it Thursday? But apparently, next Tuesday is what works for John Tavares' family so that they can be there. Uh, the oh. big thing to kind of discuss is the Tendy situation. Joe Wall yeah. is out for a long time. I'm assuming, like, best case scenario, he'll be back in January. Um, yeah. Best case. Yeah. So it kind of That seems to be the, the timeline yeah. that they've. Yeah, put out there it, week to week, you know, but a significant amount of time is the wording that they're using. No surgery involved, which is good um, because really when he went down like a bag of bricks, you're like, ah, oh, God, it could be anything, especially because it was kind of non-contact soft injury and you get worried about that. And so you go, oh, God, this could be the rest of the year and we'd have no idea. So uh, I guess in a weird way, this is a positive news. It's going to be probably a couple months, but it's, you know, it's a, but it leaves us in a precarious position. Yeah. I mean, the groin would have been worse news. I think groin injuries are a little, especially with a goalie or a little more tough to predict a high ankle sprain. You've it's essentially what Timmy Lilligren's going through right now. Four to six weeks yeah. is usually the high ankle sprain timeframe, uh, which puts us into mid January, end of January, maybe February. So the question is, can we survive with Martin Jones and Ilya Samsonov as our goaltending duo right now? Like what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, it's it's so tough because this week of all weeks too, um, they have been okay, Samsonov and Jones, where if they had just gotten lit up, if we didn't have a shutout in Nashville, if we didn't all these, you know, we'd be like, oh crap, looking at the trade market and kind of talking about that. We probably, but this would have been this episode where we're looking at uh, potential trade targets, but they've been okay. And so therefore you think, you know, I think it's, to me, it's the combination of your, your defense is incredibly injured as well. You're playing a ton of AHL defensemen. And now all of a sudden you don't really have a number one. You don't really know what to do with your goaltending. It's a bad combination to have, but it's something that I think they will try and ride out. And I'm honestly okay with it based on our record, based on how we're playing. Fine. It's not obviously ideal, but I don't really know what a better solution would be at this point. Yeah, I think... So it's hard to to talk about Martin Jones based off one start. I thought well, I was yeah, super right. encouraged with what we saw last night. And I think Martin Jones as a mm-hmm. third goalie is solid. Like you don't find yeah. goalies with that much experience being your third goalies, being your third goalie ever, ever. And yeah. as yeah. we know, when was the last time Toronto went through a full season without needing a third goalie? I do not remember. I, I do not God, remember. God, it's been years. It's been yeah, a long seriously. time. Like, I, just think of how many times yeah. Michael Hutchison has played for us. Been a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. So I, you get to know the Marley's goaltenders very well because you're like, you have to know who their starter and backup is because they're probably going to play for the Leaves at one point. Yeah. And that's the NHL now, right? Like you have to go into yeah. the season having three goalies essentially being like, okay, I'm going to need all three at this point. And sometimes you need four. And I mean, we saw with Vegas last year, sometimes you need six, right? Like, yes, you, you need depth in that position. It's the most important position in hockey. I think 
This is tough because we haven't had the the a big enough Martin Jones sample size, and I'm totally fine with Martin Jones being our backup goalie. That I'm totally fine with. What I'm worried totally about fine. is Ilya Samsonov being our starting goalie. I know. Because it's been I know, I know. We're I in know. month three right now, and he still has not figured it out. Like I, I'm happy he got a shutout against Nashville. I mean, 19 shots is is not something crazy, but like it, it's it's just that it's that big save moment. It's that. It's that's <laughs> the swimming we've been talking about all season, the, the lack of positioning, the, the lack yep. of confidence, and you're just waiting yep. for Elias Hampsonoff to figure it out. And now we have an opportunity where you're like, okay, Joe Wall's injured. Here, it's your job. Go run with it. And I just hope we can see that. I think you take the end of this year, essentially, like the end of December yep. to see what he's given you in these next few games. And then you got to make a decision because like if it's January and you're still concerned with Elias Samsonov, you know, you might not be getting Joe wall for another month. You, you got to make a move at that point because I know you can't survive in this league without goaltending. You just can't, but that's something we're going to have to do a podcast. We're going to have to do like an episode about this, especially when trade targets open up and more the trade market really opens up. And it's like, who could possibly be on the move that is, good or better than what we have it's yeah. it's just it's tough with goaltenders because like even you know i i have a, in another group chat that i have people like you know we need a goaltender i'm like well who who and for what like and they're like we need a top 10 goaltender i'm like yeah because those are always getting traded like people are like yeah do you want yeah, one like that's happen. you know yeah exactly i i just so i i think you know if all the rumors and the 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 whispers that you hear is that Ilya samsonov was not happy that joe wall was getting the starting minutes and so he seems to be an emotional guy. Most goalies are. And I, I get that. And so now he's getting the opportunity to be the story. Hey, it's you. you were, we're throwing you in the deep end. You got to swim here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, we will see what kind of what kind of performance he puts on. But he's going to get a long runway here. It's going to get a couple of weeks yeah. because they're not going to do anything now. And they have Martin Jones as a backup. And thank God, you know, big tree. We take a lot of shots at big tree. But like, hey, good job. You signed a third, mm -hmm. uh, third NHL goaltender. Yeah, and sure. we need him. So that's that's a really good call. Yeah, I agree. And like the trade freeze is December 20th to 27th. So obviously yeah. nothing's going to happen before that or soon after that, I don't think. I think this is a problem that in the new year, if, if we're still talking about Elias struggles, then we have that conversation. Um, but like hilariously enough, it's like, imagine Elias Samsonov was on another team kind of struggling the way he is. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, maybe we could trade for Ilya Samsonov. Maybe a change of scenery would be would be good for him, and we can get like that young totally. goalie that for $3 million. You know what I mean? He's kind of like the type yeah. of goalie you would target. And it's just, exactly just it. want him to figure it out uh, because I love Samsonov, man. Like he is when he is buzzing, that guy is great. And like his interviews are always hilarious. Like you really feel for Sammy. So I, yeah, you just want him to figure it out, man. <laughs> I just, the other one too is like, you know, I know he had a bad start to the season and he's not played well this season. I get that totally. But we are 25 games from him having a very good season last season. And so it's like, it's just, and I, I, I also get it. It's like pitchers, like where once one day they wake up and they don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like they just don't have it. Goaltenders can be like, I mentally, I'm just not there and I can't stop anything. I don't believe at 26, we can just like now drop him no, and be like, no. yeah, that was it. Last season he was good. Yep. Like, so it's, there has to be an opportunity to do it. And now he's going to, I don't know, maybe is, is the expression work himself into shape or something like that, because I, he's going to get an opportunity here. So yeah, opportunities there. Time to grab it. Yeah. Time to grab it. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Lilligren still injured. He's been on the ice though. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the yeah. dad pick, he was wearing his gear. So you got to think we looked at that four to six week timeline. We are thinking mid December to late December. You got to think yeah. it's coming soon that we get Timmy back. Um, thank God. <laughs> we, yeah, thank God. We've been talking about oh. Chris Tanev as the guy. Now Chris Tanev is injured. So we're not trading yeah. for him, obviously, until we know no. a little Can't bit move. more about what that injury is and, and how long that's going to be. But 
I think you can essentially squash the Chris Tanev idea for the time being and just yeah. look inward to what we have. Um, Ethan Bear is now a Washington Capital, uh, not coming yeah. to Toronto. So now it's like, okay, Timothy Lilligren hopefully is back towards the end of the month. And then what does the D look like? Because you got to think Lejoie is not going to be getting in every game. That's clearly the last guy. But like who else? Like I have loved Loggerson. I have loved yep. Benoit. I thought both of them had yep. come in. Timmons is frustrating me. And I understand he he had a goal last night. I get that. And it's like, okay, Connor Timmons shows us what he can do. And I get other than Morgan Riley and especially with Timothy Lilligren on the shelf, we don't really have much much offensive upside from our back end. So yeah. Timmons is supposed to be that guy. But oh my God, that Islander game, I was ready to throw something. I, I was so frustrated with him. A giveaway machine. Um, so I would just like to see a little more responsibility from Connor Timmons um, because you know he's going to get those assists. He's a solid passer. He is. But, yeah, I know. He is. He didn't get a training camp. He, you know, like the whole thing. He's now, you know, just coming back. This first hockey's played. And I'm not going to try to give him a pass, but we also really need him right we now. We need him. Like, he has yeah. to be. We need him. And when, even when Lily's back, he probably is our sixth defenseman right now. He is going to fill a Klinberg light role of being moving the puck and being some level of offensive threat. So I, I, you know, we need him to play well. And it's, I don't know, this is just like we were talking about with Sammy. You're going to get some games here, man. You got to figure it out. Like you get, get warmed up because we got to see some, uh, some, you know, better out of you because eventually, yeah, you're right. Lajoie, probably one of Ladgerson or, uh, and Benoit are going down uh, when everyone's healthy. And it's like Timmons is going to get a spot to fight for the, being in the lineup. It's going to be up to him. I want Lagesson to stay up, man. I love William Lagesson. I think like I do too. I just love you know how Leaf Nation has always been kind of like, where is that guy that's gonna take someone's head off in a scrum in front of the net when yes. someone bumps our goalie? William Lagesson is that guy. He is mm-hmm. always that's true. always protecting our tendy, which is so nice to see because we have not seen that. He's always grabbing someone's face. So nice to see. And when you get that, when you get that jam and responsibility from your seventh, eighth guy, great. Great. So yes, if if, yes. if there's someone from that AHL group that's kind of made their way and been like, okay, who can stick around? For me, yeah. it's William Loggison. No, I agree with you. And you know, we've been calling up a few players too recently. Like there's there everyone's gonna get a little opportunity, but I I do, I agree with you. I like Loggison so much. And and the fact that he just absolutely goes after people and just like so quickly that I can't believe he's able to decide that fast. Like it's unbelievable that he's just jumping on guys. Nice. So I, I'm with you. I I really hey, it's great. It's a great thing to have. All right, let's test my brain. Uh, it's time for the numbers game, a game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember Leafs from the era's past and what number they wore. Joey is currently 21 for 22, but each player he gets wrong between now and the All-Star break, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all the participating sports. Joey, are you ready? I'm ready. I hope. Once again, everyone playing at home, just remember, just people are playing at home. Oh, yeah, so okay? I have to, like, so, give a little break. Give I, them a- I have to give, like, five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, give him a okay. second. Maybe talk it out loud for a okay, bit. I'll, you know. I'll talk through uh, it. I'll talk through it. Okay, you talk through it. Okay, so we are going back to the early 2000s with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And once again, we went we went deep very quickly. So we have to eliminate some players just right off the top that everyone knows. But it'll be fun to play at home. Okay. We're going to start with Ed, the Eagle Belfort. Okay, well. I'm giving okay, the time. Don't act so I'm giving the yeah, time. Don't act. I'm giving oh, the Jesus. three, two, one. Tw- Eddie Belfort, number 20. <laughs> 
He did. He did wear number 20. It's not even Joey needs to let you, everyone listening at home know that he knows the number. He le- he needs to let you know that I knew the number instantaneously. Yeah. yeah I yeah, don't yeah. even want to think that I had to wait five seconds. Funny story about Ed Balfour. Uh, so like when he came yeah. to the Leafs, I had switched schools. I went to a new school. I, I think I was in grade seven and uh, sure. Ed Balfour came to the Leafs and my last name is Belfiore. Belfour. Yeah. Very different. I mean, I get the similarity, sure. but it's quite different. And people were asking me if I was his kid. I was like, can, really? can you not read the spelling? <laughs> like, it's it's a completely different last name. I get the first four letters are the same. But uh, I, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I also know that Ed Belfour uh, has an Italian background based no, on a lot of things. There is uh, no vowel at the end of that name. <laughs> you know, funny connection, though, that we haven't talked about. I went to school with this kid when he came to Toronto. So, Oh, wow. Uh, there you That's go. funny. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He was also a, a goalie. Um, all right. So Ed Belfort, number 20. Absolutely correct. Fantastic. You brought up Overdrive earlier. Let's talk about a Ooh. regular uh, appearance guy oh. by Carlo Coliaco. Oh, okay. I know this one too. I just want to let you know. But you I'm, know this I'm one give, too. I'm okay. giving the seconds. <laughs> The five, the four, the three, the two, the one. Everybody. Carlo Coliacovo, uh, my Italian buddy, wore number eight. He wore number eight. Yeah. He also did not wear number 45 as well while on the leaf. So I would have oh, taken both okay. as an answer. He was a, a double number. Uh, I've been right? looking it up now ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been looking it up ahead of time just so, yeah. I'm not like, wait, what? What number? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he also switched it up because of his time in St. Louis as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Carlo Coliacovo, number 45 or eight. We'll accept both. Love it. Thanks, Carlo. <laughs> Joey, again, you are now 23 for 24. Perfect. We'll always remember that as the Dallas Eakins uh, gap. And uh, congratulations. Two for two another week. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about some NHL news. A lot to kind of talk about. Like, we could talk about a bunch yeah. of things here. Uh, the Miko Rantanen soap opera. That oh. was hilarious. <sighs> Unbelievable. This is sorry. So, Joey, catch people up if they don't know what we're talking about. So, basically, Miko Rantanen, uh, who plays for the Avalanche, uh, had a really yep. nice game the other night. And they asked him after the game, and he said a Finnish player's dad was talking about how he wasn't training uh, hard enough. And maybe that's why his numbers weren't there. And he didn't have the, the same work ethic in the offseason. That Finnish player, yes. Arturi Lekkanen, is on Miko Rantanen's team and also on his line when he is healthy. Um, Lekkanen's not healthy right now, but they want to cup together on the same line. So obviously this has clearly been bothering Miko Rantanen. And I think like, yes, people are, are asking, well, is Miko Rantanen saying that going to cause a rift? I think the rift was the other way around. I think like if you come into the- It was church, already there. Yeah, it's already there. If you're like, <laughs> your there, fucking baby. dad has been- dissing me but i bet i would be willing to bet that like was like yeah this is just my fucking dad saying fucking dad shit like i think we've realized that like you know when you get into your mid-20s and not no one's fathers are perfect like if you said that to an eight-year-old right, right. You, they'd be like what the hell that's my dad yeah like, you know i, yeah, I don't yeah. think uh there's any sort of soap opera to be kind of unpacked there i just think it's like a hilarious comment Oh, it's so blunt. It's so Finnish that the the, the quote too is amazing because it's interpreted because he was saying it to Finnish media, but it was saying something like in Helsinki, there was a party that was never unattended by uh, Radnan. It's like, oh, wow. How poetic of him. Also, we've discovered who the Paul Marner of the Colorado uh, Colorado Avalanche is. This should be a lot of fun on this dad's trip. Uh, Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's the more uh, the new Paul Marner is Arturi Lekkanen's dad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah jesus that that is unbelievable to me and I, I agree with you that like they're all professionals and they'll probably be fine but it is just so funny you don't get blunt comments like that yeah yeah um so the nhl released that the skills competition 
is going to take yes. on a new look at the All-Star Game in Toronto in, in uh, the new year. I love this idea. I think it's okay. awesome. So yeah, 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 basically, and apparently Connor McDavid was a consultant in this. Uh, they are picking 12 players. They're going to have right. eight players that, that uh, the NHL picks and then four players via fan vote are going to participate in the skills competition with a $1 million prize. And basically they're going to have eight events uh, like the hardest shot, fastest skater, kind of like those, those yeah. events that we see with a point system where like first place gets five points, second place gets four and so on and so on. Right. Uh, everyone competes in six of eight events and then the top eight players left uh, participate in a shootout. And then the top six players participate in an obstacle course that includes all yeah. sort of the events together. Like the accuracy, yes, accuracy like shooting is just yeah. like one shot, one target, um, sort of like an aspect of each event. And then the winner gets a million dollars. I think this is so much better than what we've seen in skills competitions past. Um, Completely agree. It's it's super exciting. Like I, I've never wanted to watch the skills comp. I've never really cared, but I will definitely yeah. watch this. I uh, know. I think it's. I think it's an awesome idea. Like it's. I think it's just so good. I. It is showing a little bit of creativity. I will say there was a little bit of a bummer because I'm like, ah, the shoot is not going anywhere. It's a highlighted event. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, but it's it's a great idea to actually pony up money. We just saw the in season tournament in the NBA as like a really big success for them, and they were just offering five hundred thousand dollars a player, one million dollars for an individual player, especially. And I'm not gonna. Hey, NHL players not poor. I get that. But if you're making yep. three million dollars, you get to make a third of your salary. Yep. Yeah, this is a big deal. Like, it, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think they've already said there's going to be a nod to the Leafs because we are hosting. So I would assume you're going to yes. get either Austin or Willie. I mean, hopefully both. People are going to be mad hopefully both. both, but hopefully both. Um, oh, that's so funny. The cool thing about the well, show. Don't, don't is, open up that fan vote, though. I know, because yeah. that's the thing. Both of them we're, are going to get in. No, we're going to get it. You're definitely going to get McDavid. Uh, definitely Austin, yeah. I think. But um, the interesting thing is the shootout. So the final eight players that remain in the shootout round you're going to have eight goalies lined up and the the player in first chooses which goalie they want to shoot on and so forth. Whoa. So the final player is oh, left with that. like theoretically the best goalie. Um, so you're kind of like picking wow. your poison, right? I think that's a cool aspect of it of like which players are going to pick which goalies. I love that because they've, they've been talking about this for a bit and kind of cross all sports is that um, the regular season kind of doesn't matter anymore. And I think maybe in the NHL, it's maybe even more so uh, because you see so many like sevens or eights getting to the finals uh, is that they've always talked about like, what could we incentivize the number one seed with? And a big part of that forever was always that you get to pick your opponent and, and then That's from there on out. And that, and I always thought that would be so good because the other team would be pissed off and it would create like a natural rivalry. And I think it'd be so much fun. This is kind of like a smaller version of that going like, I think I could score easiest on that goalie. And the goalie's like, fuck you. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And that like, I mean, bringing up your point there, like that or something like a buy would. Yes. A buy would really, cause it is, you're, you are right. In the NHL, we do see a lot more seven seed, eight seeds upsetting top seeds. That is way more yeah. regular than we would see in the NBA. And I think like, to create sort of a more meaningful regular season is like, why don't you give the every each division winner a buy into the second round? I think that's a great idea because then honestly, I think that's a great idea. Then you're actually like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things like a lot of people don't want to touch the 16 wins to get you a cup, which I totally get. I, I do like the mm -hmm. traditional aspects of a lot of things, uh, but they already broke the playoff format. Gary broke it. So yeah, it needs fixing at some point.
I know. No, I know. And we're talking about uh, ancillary NHL stuff, too. They talked about how the the draft is going to be held at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Uh, The uh, James Dolan created a big screen that is a dome that uh, U2 is currently playing at. It's going to be the last, supposedly, of the decentralized... um, Mm-hmm. Or no, centralized, centralized yeah. uh, drafting. Do you have an opinion on that? I couldn't believe the people that made that into a controversy. The fact that, so just if anyone doesn't know, the NHL, unlike every other sport, has every team sitting on the floor together at, the, at their own table and they walk up and make the draft pick. Whereas in every other league, the commissioner just comes in and reads the pick that was sent in because everyone's at home in their little war rooms in New York and in Florida and all that kind of stuff. And people, when they started talking about, we're going to move to that, a decentralized one where everyone is at home. Uh, people are like, no, 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 because we like seeing the GMs talk to each other and there's trades and stuff like that. And it's like, there's trades in every fucking sport. I don't get it. Is this a big deal to you? This is better for me, I think, because like, okay. oh my God, we have to wait 10,000 minutes for all 25 of them to walk up on stage. And like, yes, that's exactly line it. Line themselves up and make sure the kid's there. Make sure the kid's there holding the jersey and the hat. And then like, Ugh. then they're like, oh, who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? Who's Oh, oh Carrie Price, you go say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carrie oh, Price God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, no, I think this is better. <laughs> just like drafts and stuff like this needs to like, we just need to move it along, right? Like less dead air. We do. These don't need, this doesn't need to be a three to four hour first round event. Like we can, we can shorten this up. So I like the move. I think that's cool. I, the other thing too is the the NFL the draft is one of the most watched things that they do it's it, it sometimes uh, is more watched than the games and the, and the NBA it's a TV show it is supposed to be a TV show like you're supposed to be entertained by this and the fact that you're right like 12 people have to walk up including a child and then you got Bobby Clark like oh yeah well, who do we draft and you turned out to be Claude Giroux and uh, like it's just I it's so stupid just let the commissioner which it'd be great if we had a commissioner with slightly a little bit more personality and not like more count chocula energy, but like I, it'd be so great if he was just somebody that could speak a little or better. do like what the NFL does for rounds two on like send a team oh. representative or like a, like a team or legend alumni. or alumni or something like yeah. that. Just one person, give them the hat and the Jersey, give them a piece of paper with the name on it and send them up there quick, easy. And we're moving on to the next pick. I, I completely agree with you. I think this is a great idea and, and, and a way to go out to the sphere. They can do some crazy stuff visually. So yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting. All right. I think uh, that's all the time we have time to get some rest and get our health back. If you've made it this far, <laughs> we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. You can follow us on Twitter at goodbudspod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Friend. Adelaide is available I hope you feel better like you wanted to then I know we haven't talked I know we haven't talked in a while But my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!